Hey friends, looking for some great business content other than right here on Accelerate? Then check out C-Suite TV and watch in-depth interviews with business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs, including an interview with me, your favorite podcast host. And it's all on demand. Watch and get insider secrets on demand by going to csuitetv.com. That's c-suitetv.com. Business insights on demand. Okay, let's do the show. It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 485 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record, where I hold in depth conversations with today's leading experts in sales, marketing, and leadership six days a week. So, friends, have you been listening to our new Sunday show? It's called Accelerate Expresso, and it's a fun jolt of energy that summarizes all of the conversations I had the previous week on Accelerate. So if you love Accelerate, but you just don't have time to listen to every episode, then make sure you check out Accelerate Expresso. It comes out every Sunday morning. It's right here on Accelerate. Joining me on the show today is Michael Afric. He's a serial entrepreneur and CEO founder at Inmoji, Inc., and he's also a recording artist in our previous life. Very interesting guy. He toured with InSync and Britney Spears and wrote some great tunes. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're mostly going to talk about emojis and how they're different than emojis and how sellers are using them to run lead gen campaigns on messaging platforms. You want to stay tuned for this. So, Michael, welcome to Accelerate. Well, thank you for having me. So I have to start with this. You're a Disney recording artist, and I have to admit, I went through iTunes and listened to your entire output there. I don't know if it's your entire output, but that that was on iTunes. And uh, yeah, very catchy, very danceable. So uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. So, so how did that how did that happen? And then we'll start talking about how you ended up where you are today. But how did you end up being a recording artist? Yeah, I mean, uh, something I I always knew I, I wanted to do from the time I was very young and dragging my father around when uh, technology had us still with the with the microphone connected with a wire to a video camera. So, I, you know, dra- drag my poor father around the house singing everything from Peter Pan to Michael Jackson, um, probably as young as, you know, four or five years old. Um, and it just always was something I knew I, I was into. And, and then I took piano starting at seven and uh, and eventually actually went to the University of Miami School of Music and to Berkeley College of Music. Um, and, you know, in college, I, I had already written a number of songs and been in a, a couple of bands uh, early days um, in high school. Uh, but in college, I had written a, a couple of songs that I thought were probably good enough to, to really record uh very professionally. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd done a bunch of recordings even prior to that, actually, that were, I thought, very professional, but I had no luck getting a record deal at that point. Um, but then uh, I went to a studio uh, called Cybersound that was on uh, Newberry Street in Boston. And um, I was working there with the owner of that studio and, and another producer. And I guess that would be the moment I got, I suppose, quote unquote, fully discovered. Discovered, uh, yes. I had had a lot of other people who thought they were discovering me, but weren't able to make anything happen. But these two guys um, had a great track record, had worked with the New Kids on the Block, had worked with Sarah McLaughlin and others. And um, and from there, um, you know, I, I produced my first album um, and subsequently, you know, was signed uh, by Hollywood Records. Uh, and then, um, with that, you know, single comes out, go on tours, the opening act for NSYNC and Britney Spears, um, eventually Penn 
and produce an album for a girl in Japan that becomes the ninth best-selling album in Japanese history. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, typical, this is a typical, yeah. typical career arc for a software entrepreneur is, yeah. is, yeah, is Japanese pop idol. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, it'll, it'll all get there. It'll all make sense <laughs> in the end. Um, but well, no, okay, so, but, but before you go on though, so you, yeah. you opened for InSync and mm-hmm. for Britney. So like touring the world, I mean, yeah, I mean, what was, what was that experience yeah. like being with these, you know, huge, huge pop acts? Well, I mean, interestingly, when I started touring, um, you know, Britney was on "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" still, so it was the right. first, the first single, and I was, you know, doing a, the ABC summer jam, recording it at Disney in Orlando and jammed inside of a van with, with Brittany and her mom while it was 900 degrees outside just so we could stay cool. So our, our wardrobe for the filming wouldn't be covered in sweat. Um, and you know, we were just kids, you know, trying to, to make our way. And, uh, Brittany was very sweet and her mom was very cool. And, uh, we shot a great special. And, and then, you know, later on that summer, I ended up being the opening act for her as well. Um, and touring uh, across the U S with her. Um, and you know, so that's an, obviously an incredible experience, but I sort of watched her fame grow, uh, in the early days there. And then within sync, um, similarly, I think they were a, a little bigger, a little faster. Um, but, uh, that was the no strings attached tour. Um, you know, just really, that was arenas and, and massive outdoor, you know, Texas stadium for a hundred thousand people, just insane. Um, and, uh, you know, right, the only so, thing so what's, what's that like? I mean, going on stage in front of a hundred thousand people. I mean, I think I'm trying to think how big a group I've ever spoken. I'd probably like 2000, 3000 as the max I've ever spoken in front of what's a hundred thousand. Yeah, like? it's, it's completely surreal and, and amazing. I think at the same time, People always find this interesting when I when I say this. I, you know, I've played shows in front of five hundred people, and I've played, like I said, one hundred five thousand people, and five hundred people. It it's no less in you know of that rush or no less of that sort of woe when you get on stage. And in fact, sometimes it's more because in front of five hundred people, typically you can see everybody. Right. Um, when I would go on the stage in the big stadiums, the lights are so bright that really I only saw the first two rows. Sometimes I couldn't see anybody really. You can feel it, but you don't see it. And the stage in a lot of ways, if you're using in-ear monitors or even using regular monitors, sometimes it's very quiet in some spots on the stage. You almost feel like it's rehearsal and you don't, it, it's a very odd thing being in that, in that circumstance. So, well, and I think um, especially as an opening act, cause it's oftentimes <laughs> the crowd just wants the opening act to be done and get off the stage. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> Yeah, and no kidding. And I, I'll say, Texas Stadium holds 105,000 people. I guarantee you there weren't 105,000 people watching me. <laughs> they, were, they were all getting their soda and buying their in-sync uh, pillowcases. So yeah. I, I know how that works. But you know, needless to say, uh, once you get above a couple thousand, you're performing in front of a massive audience, and it's just, you know, it's 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 something that only, uh, like you said, only some number of people on earth get to experience what that's like. And forever thankful that I was able to be able to do that and, and to, to be involved in something so incredible. And, and, you know, it's funny because growing up, you know, I had, uh, I was in a a sort of a boy band and I knew all the guys from, uh, new kids on the block and, you know, and, and, and I, I so badly sort of wished that I could have experienced that. And, and then all of a sudden to be in it, you know, to be there, it was it was unbelievable because I dreamed it and I 
and I think very early on in life, if, if I'm going to be honest, and this will play out probably throughout our conversation, that those moments in life where even achieving what I achieved there, um, it, it set up the feeling of entrepreneurialism and, and the feeling of driving towards success no matter what, because I, I did achieve the first goal I had since I was five years old mm-hmm. and it's to be that. And, and so, um, it, those moments are all very important to me and very important, I think, in shaping who I became and my path in the future, which is why I even said sort of jokingly, but very honestly, it all makes sense how I got to where I am today. Yeah. So take us on that journey then is, is from, you know, touring with big name acts and and working with a major, huge pop star in, in Japan to a serial entrepreneur. I mean, in the in the digital space, and yeah. uh, then we'll we'll dive into Inmoji. Yeah. So I think you know what happens is the music industry is a very fertile place for creative minds mm-hmm. and for people who have entrepreneurial spirit and for people who um, are 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 dreamers and believe in themselves. And so. What you get is you get these young people who start out as an intern in a music company, or they're the you know they're part of the promotion department, or they're a junior A and R guy. But by the time I was sort of looking to branch out from just music, um, now I'd started in music, and then I owned a clothing store, and I had a recording studio, and 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 I had had another startup. But by the time I was really ready to to turn this all into what I wanted it to be for Emoji. Um, all of those contacts had matured and become, you know, vice president of uh, licensing at, at Warner Brothers and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the head of promotion at Hollywood Records. And, you know, and so you start finding these people who you cultivated these like very earnest and young relationships with where you were both trying to sc- scratch and claw your way up in, in, in that industry. And you all kind of ended up in a place to, where you're now able to help each other at, at a different level. And the music industry in particular played well into the, the two different tech startups that I've gotten involved with because, like you said, in Asia, I had success with this woman. And in the U.S., I had success. And both were in music and sort of the entertainment field. And now I have a lot of connections there. And so what I started doing was I started looking at the technologies where this industry was heading. And uh, at the time in 2006, I believe, when I started my first uh uh, startup with my partner that I'm still partnered with today, Perry Tell. Um, we were looking at the mobile space and saying, wow, mobile wallpapers, ringtones, videos. Mm-hmm. And we're saying, wow, we have all these great connections in the music industry and we have great connections in Asia and Asia's ahead of the United States. And what if we were to bring licensing of that Asian content to the US and the US content to Asia? And boom, we had a company, got it funded, built the company. So, you know, we were using the relation. And, and by the way, my, my, it didn't hurt that my uh, business partner uh, was also from the music industry, signed to Sire Warner Brothers, knew a ton of people in the music industry, and also then had a career in the advertising and the agency industries. So, you know, you bring all that together, and then you bring together two guys who are fearless to get on stage in front of anybody, uh, and you bring that same kind of fearlessness into a boardroom, and the ability to, when you're an artist, you're always selling yourself, right. but now to sell yourself and sell a business... And you start seeing how you can parlay these um, these uh, um, certain talents into uh, a different talent and a different uh, efficiency in another business. Well, yeah, having a dream and 
sort of the common theme, at least I'll put a, a word to it, if you will, is hustle. I mean, you knew how right. to hustle. Right. I mean, right. everything exactly. you've done from the beginning, as you said, the self-promotion hustle is just ingrained in it. And yeah, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur, it's really important to know how to hustle. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I say it all the time. Uh, I just like it. And I, I know it's, it's said, but it's something I say a lot, that entrepreneurial spirit. I, I believe in that a thousand percent. You, you, you have it or you don't. Um, doesn't mean you can't acquire it, I guess. Um, but a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs are born with that spirit. And mm-hmm. it's, it comes with a little, um, a little fearlessness. Um, and it also comes with a little self-assuredness. And it also comes with sort of the, I guess, tying to the, the fearlessness is that the, the risk taking. And it's risky standing in front of 100,000 people and singing because it's, <laughs> yeah. if they don't like you, it doesn't feel good. You know? yeah, and I it, can imagine. And it's hard to take. And, and, sure. and the truth is I've done shows where I could tell people weren't that into it. And I've done shows where people were you know, falling over themselves with excitement. But you have to be able to take both, process them, accept them, and, and move forward and still believe in yourself. And the business world is just as challenging. I sure. mean, and, and, and the same thing, you have performances, right? I go and we'll, we'll, we'll pitch our company in a room full of investors and, and people are like, meh. And then right. you pitch to a different room of people and they're like, completely excited, want to give you money. So you just got to know that some days are your day and some days aren't. And, you know, not everybody's Justin Timberlake where you know it. You have a, a number one song on the radio and it's, you know, if you're going to play, everybody's going to love you. Uh, but, you know, in everything in between that and the bottom is more like the bottom. If you never know what you're going <laughs> to get. True, true. So you've got to have a thick skin. You've got to be able to scratch and claw until you get there. And, and, and getting there is being a Justin Timberlake or getting there is being that company that is no longer considered a startup, but you're, you're either immensely funded or you have some crazy valuation and you're really, sorry, you're cash flow positive or right. you're revenue positive. But those things don't come easily and you have to really work for them. Yeah. Well, the, the persistence and resilience really, as you're really talking about, along with the hustle, that's what gets you where you want to be. So, so just by, Which is why I quit yesterday, because I just get <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough, you said. I've done. So, I'm done. so do you still have Justin on speed dial? I don't. Okay. I don't. You know, that, uh, it, it's funny, because at the, and I don't know if this may happen to you or not, but there's times in my life where, you know, you're, you're, you're given that moment and, and, and you're kind of like, oh, what's the big deal? I'm, I'm, I'm here. You know, it's like, I, there's Justin right there. Like, no big deal. But I, I just, I don't know, I need your phone number. I see you every day. Yeah. And then, you know, we got off tour and I never got his number really. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, I'll just get in touch. I'll see him next time we do a show. And, and it just never really crossed paths again. And that was really sort of it. And I, I was very much, you know, my, my thing is that, no, in, in, in that in that in that arena, when you're, it's very I, I believe sort of uncool to be trying to you know very self-servingly network your way up. I kind of felt like you know look if, you, if we're going to stay in touch, it's going to happen naturally. Right. I don't need to force my way into that kind of thing. And so I always just sort of laid more laid back about it. In honesty, I should have should have stolen his phone. <laughs> got all his contacts and been able to get people to I want. But there you I go. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little, I try to be a little cooler than that. All right. 
Well, in the, in the off chance that he's listening to this program, because <laughs> I'm sure he spends his, his downtime listening to sales podcasts, uh, yeah. yeah, he'll know how to get hold of you by the end of the show. So, let's talk about Inmoji. So, okay. what was the impetus to start this company, and what was the hole you're trying to fill in the market? Well, I think we, um, again, my, my partner and I, I, I think we really saw this as a second coming of the wallpaper ringtone business to a large degree in the sense that we saw that there was this adoption of a behavior that people were doing very um, willingly and and non-intrusively. It was, hey, in in, in the first iteration with the wallpapers, people wanted to decorate their phone. People wanted to sort of express themselves through their phone, um, whether that be through a ringtone or, or a wallpaper or a video. And 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 we were looking at the way people were using um, emojis. We were like, this this story is starting to tell itself the same way to to a large degree. Here you have this habit, very frictionless. Mm-hmm. Um, people are sort of using it to connect with each other and share things, and it's on the mobile phone again. And 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 then the eighty twenty rule kind of dropped off, and it became twenty percent nuanced to what we're doing. But we looked at it and we said, wow, these icons are. Um, they're really Trojan horses for any sort of content to be dropped into a message. And this behavior is so vastly adopted and exploding so quickly. What if we were to just make that smiley face a brand icon and that icon was clickable and allowed you to preview content or, or engage with a brand fully? So it's not just a brand impression, but it's a, a fully immersed experience in a mm-hmm. little icon. And, and, you know, I think we... We knew that messaging was was exploding, and and but keep in mind when when we founded our company, Facebook had not bought um, uh, uh, WhatsApp for twenty two billion dollars yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were sniffing it out. We were like, you know what, this is getting really interesting, and the numbers and the volume of people and the the amount of messages and it's just there's so much opportunity, and so we decided early on we're going to go for this. But we said it's not going to just be about an icon. We, we didn't believe that. Um, we believe that it was, it was going to be, it had to be for brands about more than just a brand impression. Um, because after a while, brands want to know what's the ROI. Sure. What, what do I get out of this? Right. And so he said, you have, we have to make it be able to click. Um, and so once you get that click, now you can track all sorts of data. You can add all sorts of functionality. You can tell a brand the ROI on their campaign. Was it, what was the efficacy of that? And um, so, you know, we basically said, we're not going to try to build our own app and, you know, get a hundred million people to sign up because that's like, you know, forget about it. That's like finding a grain of sand in, in the desert. You know, it's just right. not going to happen. And so we said, let's put the onus on ourselves. Let's, you know, raise a reasonable amount of money, but let's go out, let's build a, a, a software development kit, an SDK, that we can market to the apps that already have massive populations of users, and let's get them to embed our app, our SDK. And once they've embedded that SDK, excuse me, um, that would make us available to the entire user base audience on that app immediately. So one good deal with an app that has 100 million users gives you 100 million users. And so that was our approach from the, from the very jump. It was to create a new product and to put it inside of an SDK and shop that SDK out to the messaging apps with the massive audiences. And, um, 
So, so at far, this point, they all have pretty much adopted your SDK then? Well, not they all. That would be lovely. <laughs> if they all did, um, I might know Justin Timberlake already again. All right. Um, so well, let's, <laughs> so let's, we'll work our way back to that. So define what you, you know, your definition of an emoji versus an emoji. Well, so emojis, when they started out, um, you know, first, em- emojis were really Unicode, um, meaning that there was sort of a, there's a consortium that delegated which ones of these icons right. could exist. And each one of them actually tied to a, 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 a like a, something actually being typed. So if you type the semicolon and the, mm-hmm. I don't even know what they're all called, but, you know, that would generate, if you sent that, a smiley face on its own. Um, so Unicode had established, I think, about 172 of those, and there's smiley face and crying face, whatever it is. And now they've got that up to 600-something. Um, but those were emojis. And then from that came sort of this sticker market where everyone started saying, wow, people are not just wanting to express themselves with their happy sad, but now it's getting about personalization. Mm-hmm. And people started saying, okay, you know what, we can sell Garfield, and we can, you know, we can uh, – get uh, Hello Kitty and movies and just posters, basically mini pictures. And so the third iteration of that are our emojis, which is taking those and turning them into brand assets. And when someone, uh, before someone sends it and they click on the icon in their library of icons on their phone, much like you would click to see, a, you know, when you click your emojis, Today, you'll see all the different smiley faces, and you can scroll through the library and pick. With our uh, software development kit, you see the library of all the branded icons. You're able to scroll through them, and when you click on it, it doesn't just insert it to your message and send it. With ours, you're actually clicking, and it opens up a rich media experience. So, for example, if you were to click on the Starbucks icon, it brings up all the store locations and maybe a map. Or if you click on, on a movie, it'll show you the movie trailer, and you can go buy tickets. And then... You're given the option to then include that in your message and share it with your friend. And then you get a second person who may also experience that rich media uh, by tapping on the icon that you sent them. So we have a double sort of engagement on both sides of the coin. So, okay, just make sure I understand this. So um, let's say it's me. I've, you know, how, would, how would I engage? I mean, it's going to originate with a brand, right? So a brand's going to run some sort of campaign. Yeah, so they, they, but that's all done with us. So, okay. Um, I'll, I'll just give you an example. Let's sure. say you're on the app Uvu, which our, uh, our development kit is inside of. On Uvu, you would click the little uh, icon that's known, it's like a smiley face sticker looking icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tap on that, and it's going to open up our library. Now, you then would say, oh, wow, there's Starbucks, there's the new Minions movie, um, there's Benny Hanna, whatever it is. And you say, oh, I, I want to, I want to check out the minion and you, you tap on it. And then all of a sudden you'd be able to watch the trailer, maybe click through to buy tickets. And you'd say, Oh, you know, I really want to share this with Michael. And you would hit it one more time and it would send it to me. And so you would, you've gone from having a normal text conversation with me mm-hmm. to being able to just tap on the icon as if you're going to send a uh, emoji, just sort of tap on the little smiley face to right. open the library of content. You've discovered our content in Moji's content. And now you shared that with me. All right. So what you're got it. So if if <laughs> if I can sort of again walk through it, just to make sure that I understand. So everybody else understands it, is that sort of what you're selling is you're selling this SDK to the messaging apps, and your clients then are basically buying space inside that SDK. You've got it. And got then it. We, okay. We run campaigns like a CPC, CPM, cost per install, uh, mostly CPC. Um, 
And uh, we like that because it's all performance based. Um, and so, we so give an example of how that would how that would work for a, a brand. So a brand would say, I want to spend fifty thousand dollars this month, and uh, we'll give them you know uh, fifty cent per click. Um, you get uncapped impressions because we're not going to charge you on impressions. So what's nice about that is if um, you know you open up the library of content um, and you see you know, twelve icons that you have no interest in, even though those brands got the impression because you looked at that icon, mm. we didn't charge them. And what's nice is that you're choosing the one that you want. So that click, when you actually tap on the one icon you do want, is very qualified. Got it. So you say, great, I'm going to click on Starbucks. You tap on the Starbucks icon, and you have that experience there. That's the click we're going to charge for. That, that, that you said, I'm going to go tap, and you clicked on it, and you went into the Starbucks. And now you look at Starbucks, you do all the things with them, and you send it. Now, the other click that you may get charged for is if the person that you sent it to clicked. Um, so there's two potential clicks in an sure. interaction. Got it. Or more, right? Yeah, it could be, could be a lot of clicks there. It could be, yeah. And, and what's interesting, glad you mentioned that, um, is we see on some music that we do and some movies and just some of the campaigns when they're, when they're really good, um, we see sometimes four or five hundred uh, percent up to 800% we've seen uh, with some content. And that's because what's happening is people are saying, I love that song. And they're going back and they're listening over and over again. And what's nice about it is that you don't have to leave the app and go to you know, YouTube and search for the song and copy a link and bring it back. It's, it's all right there for you. So you don't have to leave the messaging app ever. And that's why we see people repetitively going back to resample the content over and over again. Or, or maybe they're coming one time to listen to the song, the next time they want to buy it. You know, they go the first time to watch the trailer of the movie, the second time to show their friend the trailer, and the third time to buy the movie tickets. So you get all sorts of different, you know, levels of engagement. So do you have anybody, um, well, a couple of questions. One is, do you have smaller companies? Is this purely for big brands? Or like, you know, you read about the big brands that are, you know, moving quickly into Snapchat and other apps to, to advertise. I mean, is yours primarily big consumer brands or do you have smaller companies that are using it as well? No, we have, we have everything, and we actually launched a uh, self-service portal as well, um, and uh, that's on create.emoji.com. And if you go there, you can actually do a campaign, um, set it up yourself, you can build it, and then you can launch it right from there and set all your targeting and, and whatnot. And, and um, no, because we, we, can, we can actually um, – uh, we can lo- locate down to like a city block. So we could have somebody in one city or just trying to, you know, target half a city or whatever it may be. So, you know, we, we, we and, and we bring the, you know, uh, if you do something on our portal, you can go as low as I think $500 on a campaign if you want to try it out. Huh. And is, and is that always 50 cents a click or it depends on the campaign and the target? So, yeah, it depends sometimes on the campaign, the target, which apps are, are going to be uh, involved. So, but typically... And anywhere from, and, and also on how big a buy. Uh, sometimes sure. on the big buys, we'll work direct with the brand. But um, anywhere from usually $0.25 cents to a dollar a click. Got it. So give me some examples, if you can, about, because we have a largely a B2B audience. And you know, we sort of, everything we talked about so far is sort of B2C. I mean, are you seeing applications in the B2B space? Um, I'm not exactly sure how you Well, made. it's selling business-to-business products and services as opposed to, you know, People promoting a film or a record or something that's you know a consumer purchase. Do you have uh, yeah, IBM you know using this to to sell some of their services or equipment or you know an example like that? Yeah, I, I think um, 
you know, we've done some, you know, we, we have deals with like Walmart and some other people who are using it to sell their product. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, um, there has been some B2B, um, I'm, I'm sort of blanking out the top of my head. Well, I was thinking uh, like it could be really interesting for like, as you said, for a locale, given you can be so targeted, let's say somebody that's selling a, like a doctor in a local area or professional services oh, yeah, of yeah, some yeah. sort. Yeah. Or, yes. Sorry. And I, I, as you're saying that it sort of jogged my memory there, but, um, See, we have we had a uh, only 105,000 people listening. So yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Choking under pressure here. Yeah, there uh, you go. It's when <laughs> no, you can't. That's when you can't see them. That's the problem, right? Uh, no, yeah, you got to feel the pressure. You got to feel um, it, right? So um, yeah, I should have put a picture of a huge crowd on my computer screen. Then I would have felt it. Um, there. But uh, no, we had a, a tax accountant um, who actually put his services up there, mm-hmm. um, and he he was working through a, a, a sort of franchised. Uh, uh, I don't even know what it is—a franchised uh, accounting uh, company type sure. thing. But yeah, he put it up. He advertised uh, j- uh, just in certain locations. Um, we've seen, uh, so, yeah, some other things like that. Yes, that, and, and we just launched the portal, just the self-service portal. So, yeah, yeah, and that's really what caters more to that at the moment. Um, obviously, you can still reach us directly for those type of things, but um, but that's that is starting to open that up to other people. And I think before that, most people assumed. To your point, that it was mostly for, for more of the big brands only. And so somebody who's doing something more local, more B2B, would be a little less inclined to reach out to us because they'd say there's probably this isn't the right um, fit, but it actually really is. And that accountant actually had a fantastic campaign with great results, by the way. Yeah, well, I, I was looking at the self service portal and I was thinking, hmm, <laughs> for my business, it's like, you know, I'm a, yeah, small, well, can- I'm a small business and you know, I sell services, digital products, um, you know, my clients potentially all around the world. Uh, yep. Actually, they are. So um, I, can tell you, I can tell you another one that's interesting. I, so, uh, I know somebody was um, a reseller of uh, a product. So um, one of the skin cream or makeup companies or whatever it was, and they created their own icon so that they could then text it to their clients and say, you know, hey, this is uh, the new cream I'm selling, and then just send it to them. And from there, they could click on it and order it right from there. Yeah. And that was created on our portal. So, yes, there are a number of people who are uh, exploring that with us, and it, it does work very well. Yeah. I mean, so, how would you compare sort of the effectiveness of this versus other, you know, more conventional inbound lead gen type type activities? Um, you mean the portal versus the lead gen? Well, I mean, your your services in general. I just a company oh, saying, look, you know, I've got to make I've got to make yeah. a trade off between you know reaching out via messaging platform is is sure. you know is yeah everybody's got a messaging app on their phone. I mean, it seems like this is a pretty high open rate, if you will. Yeah. So there's nothing like it. Um, I think the engagement rates and the virality and the overall um, authenticity. Mm-hmm. That and and sort of the the non intrusiveness, all of that combined makes this, I believe, the most effective way to advertise. Everything's referral based, essentially. Everything right. is opted into, and everything's pre qualified. And so, starting from the jump, as I said, when you open the library, you're only going to click on something if you're interested in it. So you've already selected something that's of interest to you out of the icons that you're looking at. So that's pre-qualification number one. Then you're looking at whatever that content is, and you're deciding to share that in your very uh, um, intimate 
social graph, which mm-hmm. is the people that you message. You know, this isn't Facebook or, or, you know, some social network where you're throwing it up for everybody to read. These are the messages you're sending to your mom, your dad, your brother, your wife, your daughter. You know, these are people you're texting. And that's right. a different that's a different social graph for everyone. So now I'm sending that icon to you in that, um, you know, through that lens. And so we're seeing a hundred percent engagement rate, meaning that when I send this to somebody else, the person on the other end of that clicks on it every single time. There's nothing like that in the market. And so we believe that our icons are the most, uh, have the highest efficacy of any marketing tool that you can put on any advertising tool in the marketplace. That's, that's the way we feel about it. Um, and we've seen those results over and over again. And our click-through rates are, are unlike anything else in the, in the industry. And which is the platform that you're not in that you'd like to be on? <laughs> is that a loaded question? I mean... Apple? So we get onto Apple because Apple has the iOS 10 extensions. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I think Facebook just announced today they're doing extensions. Um, we have relationships with virtually everybody in some capacity. Um, but yeah, I mean, love to be sort of a, and the, the thing is the apps we partner with, we become a, a part of the UI. There's right. an icon that's just us and that's great. Um, so to get there with a Facebook or Apple, um, you know, Holy grail, obviously. Yeah. Do we, do we have a great business regardless? Sure. Do we want it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we can get there. I, I mean, of course we are. Yeah, right? ubiquitous How coverage. Not? How can we not? Exactly. How can we not? <laughs> All right. Well, Michael, it's been great talking to you. Um, so tell people how they can find out more about Emoji and connect with you. And other than encouraging people to go to iTunes and buy your singles, um, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you can go to our website, which is Emoji, I-N-M-O-J-I.com. Um, if you wanted to try to create uh, an emoji campaign, you could go to create.emoji.com. And other than that, um, you know, I think that's really obviously all the tools to get in touch with us on our website. So, And I would look forward to hearing uh, from anybody. Excellent. Well, again, Michael, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, friends, thank you for spending this time with me today. Remember, come back and join me again tomorrow. Until then, please take a second, go to iTunes. Uh, I'd already sent you to iTunes to look at Michael's stuff, but while you're there, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review for Accelerate. We want to hear from you what we can do to make this a better experience for you. So again, thanks again for, thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>